Next on BYU Sports Nation, Media Day 2019 is go for launch. T-minus 10 weeks to the rivalry season opener. BYU quarterback Zach Wilson and head coach Kalani Satake captain our A-list guest lineup. Plus a powered-up first four games, how BYU can shock the nation in the first month of the season. Let's go, or should I say, Lego! This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now with a BYU Football Media Day special, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live on Media Day 2019, your day-to-day play-by-play back in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Tuesday, June 18th, wherever and however you're connected for this two-hour special. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Lego Master Builder, Jerem Jordan. Oh, that was so fun. And uh, our, our appreciation to uh, Jared Jacobs, uh, Boise native, Boise State fan, but closet BYU fan, and uh, at Gold Yeller, follow his stuff. This guy's viral nationally. And my one goal, by the way, with this two-hour show is not to pass a kidney stone like Ed Lamb during the That was game. unbelievable. That, I, I cannot believe that that happened. That tells you how tough that guy is. And we jokingly called him the cyborg for a long time. He no, really it's, it's is real. the cyborg. He's in the Justice League. Like, it's, it's a thing. In fact, we talked to him yesterday, and I, <laughs> and I joked that he wrestled alligators. I'm starting maybe to wonder he that he, maybe he actually did. Maybe he okay? is an alligator. I don't know. Holy cow. Loaded show lineup for you today. In the first hour, we will hear from the BYU football head coach, Kalani Satake, one of his star defensive linemen, Kairos Tonga, Isaiah Kafusi, a guy coming off of injury, hoping to make an impact at linebacker Trajan Peel and Brady Christensen. It's a loaded show, Jerem. In hour two, as a matter of fact, we will get offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. You heard him on State of the Program. You'll hear him on our show. Lopini Katoa, Zach Wilson, two of those offensive stars, and also ESPN's Ivan Mizell and executive director of the College Football 150 Committee, Kevin Weiber. You heard him at the end of the State of the Program. We're going to go in-depth with all of these guys. Cannot wait. And if instead of a question of the day, if you have a question for one of our guests... Use the hashtag BYUSN, and we'll try and work those in during our interviews. Here are today's Media Day BYU Sports Nation headlines. If you haven't heard by now, yes, today is the 2019 edition of BYU Football Media Day. Earlier in State of the Program, Athletic Director Tom Homo said the nuances of bowl scheduling, one of the things that is being worked out between BYU and ESPN, their relationship continues to be strong. Those are his words later today on BYUtv.org web chats. Those will continue at 2 p.m. Eastern and at 4 Eastern, 150 years of college football. Some incredible stories you will hear, specifically BYU's impact on the game. That will all air live. Cannot wait. BYU Athletics announces an enhanced game day experience with Cougar Canyon and an enhanced tailgate opportunity. The Cougar Canyon experience will be in the lot west of the stadium and include food trucks, live music, a team Cougar walk, and photo opportunities. That's new this year. When I first heard that, I thought, oh, does Graham Canyon have a a a friendly flavor of ice cream? cream? No, this is a place on game day. Very cool. Team USA has altered their roster for week four for the Women's Volleyball Nations League, replacing Mary Lake with Michaela Fecky. In her last game, a three-nothing sweep against the host China Lake handled 24 receptions and 12 digs. It's been fun to watch Mary play with Team USA. Perhaps they're giving her a week up. Women's track and field signs Lauren Merrill from Orem High School. Merrill's the 4A pole vault state champ and holds the Utah State record with a vault of 12 feet 3 inches. Wow. Let's go ahead and just get this out of the way, Jerem. Because the countdown rolls on.
Countdown to the youths. 72. Ten weeks from Thursday, BYU and Utah. 72 days to be specific, and yes, we are definitely counting. A man who is also counting. In fact, he has a countdown clock in his offices. The head coach of BYU football, Kalani Satake, joining us to open up up. our two-hour edition of BYU Sports Nation. Thanks for dressing up, Coach. Thank you. To distract the weight I gained during the summer. <laughs> Did you gain weight during the summer? I don't know. I'm just thinking I'm co- consistently gaining weight every year, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I told you my, my, my diet is the resurrection. That's my diet plan. That's yeah. a diet plan. That's a wonderful plan. Yeah. Well, so far you've done – is this your second interview of the day? This is, yeah. Okay, and, so, well, the third. Third already. Because I did Lauren earlier. Oh, yeah, web chats. Yep. Third interview of uh, 72 um, today. The yeah, 72 days, days away. You have 72 interviews to celebrate. I'm going to say the same thing over and over again. <laughs> well, Can give us some fresh stuff. Yeah, I'll give you, you guys could. the yeah, good stuff. Yeah, some good stuff. We're on Watch ESPN, too. So, uh, uh, okay, 2019 season. Um, it's been a while since 2018, obviously. Some high notes to kind of end the year there. And uh, some guys recovering from injury. How are you feeling today? I feel really good. I mean, I think you can sense the excitement on our from our players and from our coaches. And uh, I think, you know, we talk about wanting the game already to be here. And so um, I, I haven't felt this much excitement about the season opener in a long time. And so uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I think the the players are the ones that are feeding the um, the energy to to that. You know, and normally I think you kind of go through the, the normal stage of getting closer to the game. But this is one where the – the players have just been antsy about it, and so they're they're they're, they're excited, and, and uh, it shows in the way they're preparing and the way that they're they're uh, going through the conditioning, and, and even the guys that are healed up from the injuries. There's just a, there's a, a mission in mind right now. Speaking of fresh things, we just talked about Cougar Canyon and BYU Athletic Marketing in collaboration with the universities, working really hard to create a more uh, enjoyable game day experience. So knowing what you know about this Cougar Canyon and the build-up to Utah, what do you, what do you anticipate game day is going to be like on August 29th? Well, I'm excited for it. I think it's a really good idea and uh, to get the fans all there earlier and kind of have a really good experience, you know. And I think this has been something that, that the fans have been hungry for for a long time, and, and I'm glad that um, you know that, that our marketing department, David Almodova, and everyone is going to make this work because I think this is going to be bigger than what people even anticipate. And, and anytime you can put a lot of food around the same spot, that's a good sign for me, right? And so we're going to have a Kruger walk go through it. And, and I think our, um, you know, I think this is something that's really familiar in a lot of different places. And I think it only makes sense that we do that here at BYU. Not only will you have this great experience, there'll be an inherent great experience with the games you've scheduled. So yeah. the, the first three home games are amazing, right? Utah, USC, and Washington. So if you don't already have your tickets, you're going to get them because this is as good of a home schedule in the first three that BYU's ever had. Of course, and then even the future schedules that are coming, you know, that are people are coming to Provo to play us. And um, I mean, even looking at, at Boise and, and Liberty, that's bringing Hugh Freeze, who was at Ole Miss for such a long time, and so. There's a lot of big-time programs that are coming in, and um, to have three of them in, in within a, m- a month is crazy, you know. And so I, I, I mentioned that that's a, that's a great thing that Tom Homo has done as our athletic director of scheduling, and and with the partnership with with ESPN, it made this possible. And uh, when I was trying to get the job as a head coach, uh, that was one thing that I was really attracted to that that we were going to play these type of schedules and these difficult games and. Um, you know, we we had we've had some memorable moments in 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 our BYU history, 
uh, now we have opportunities to do it all within the same season. So hopefully we can capitalize on the schedule that we have and, and um, make some great moments for our fans. It's it's been uh, more of a struggle than I think anyone expected or hoped, right? At home the last couple of years. So why will this team be a better team at home against tougher teams? I believe we're, we're a lot deeper than we've been, and 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 just having a lot. And by depth, I mean we've had we have a lot of younger people that have played games, and so um, and that's kind of been the culture. Just have freshmen and sophomores get in uh, get on the field, you know, and so even if special team reps and things like that. So, and so we're thinking that's going to be a huge benefit for us. We saw um, how much it's been uh, an advantage for us going into spring and how our guys have been a lot more prepared going into the spring this this season and then going into the off season. We feel like we're further ahead than we've ever been. And so depth has always been an issue considering experience. And now we have a lot of guys that are experienced and um, young guys that are playing. We, we play a lot of freshmen last year, you know, so – this won't be the first time those guys stepping on the field, and um, that that would be a huge uh, bonus for us, I think. BYU football head coach Kalani Satake with us on BYU Sports Nation, part of our 2019 Media Day coverage. Before you go through this very challenging and exciting schedule, obviously you go through training camp in late summer, and there's always some unique differences between each way you approach these training camps. So what will be unique and different about uh, the way that you coach your guys up this late summer? Well, I think having a system that's already been in place for a little while, you know, on the offensive side, defensively, we're pretty much going with the same stuff. We've added a few um, things here and there, and uh, you'll see it on game time, you know. But um, I think offensively, just to, to have, being familiar with everything, um, I think Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick, Steve Clark, Eric Mateos, you know, Fessy Sitake, those guys have done an amazing job. AJ Stewart uh, getting that whole group ready. And um, I, I've seen a huge step. You see some big steps from year one to year two, but this I've seen a lot of change, a lot of for 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 the good, right, uh, in our offensive side. And that's because we have really good quarter, young quarterbacks that can lead the way. And we have, I mean, Jaron Hall is has done a great job in spring ball, and getting all those reps have made made a, a big um, has made him grow up a lot, a lot faster than we've seen, and um, so. And then also having Zach sit out and watch and be a coach has helped him out. So um, I feel really good about that position group um, right now. And then we've added a couple um, guys on our running back depth to help us if if we had the same issue of injuries again. And we feel really good about our young O-line that um, is really experienced, and they all come back next year. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I think most of them come back to the two deep with the exception of Tom Schof. Yeah, that's great. You'll have four of those five next year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more like six or seven. Let's break down some of those guys. So Zach Wilson, obviously, he just said he expects to be 100% going into fall camp. Uh, Phil Steele has the quarterback position ranked 18th in the country. How do you feel about Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall going into 2019, two dynamic dual threats? I feel really good about them, and I love what Aaron Roderick's done with them and what Jeff Grimes has done with them and um, allowing them, allow, just empowering them with the offense. Um, and I think Zach is a true freshman. It's always hard for a new guy to come in that is a, out of high school, right, and to say, hey, let's do it this way. And, and now he's earned that right. I think it's just, it's just what ha- comes with the territory being a true freshman. Um, but, but also, Jaron is not, not one that's a, that's a similar situation. He's a return missionary, been around, he's competed, he won baseball games and things like that. You know? so, Redshirted last year. Yeah, and, 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 and even played. You know, So we're looking forward to him being on the field and competing. But we really feel good about Beto Romney and also feel good about Joe Critchlow in that group as well. Those four guys gives us a really 
a deep group, and we feel really. I mean, even looking at the last nine years, uh, the history of our quarterbacks, the last nine years has not been good. So, um, you know, hopefully we don't get to, we don't have to use multiple quarterbacks, but um, we're ready just in case. And I think taking these steps and being ready in case anything happens. It's a difficult thing to do as a coach, but you have to prepare for the worst, but expect the best. Is Jaron Hall su- such a good athlete that you might consider using him on the field with Zach on the field? We could, but I, but I, I think um, I think that really diminishes his preparation. You know, I think that um, allowing him to compete for the quarterback position is going to be really important for his um, progress as a quarterback, and that's what we brought him here to do is be a quarterback. And Kyler Murray's shown everyone that you only have to really have one year to play and um, you know to make a difference. And so I, I think he's got the opportunity to. First of all, we want him to compete, and the next thing is, is we know what he brings to the table with his leadership, and um, so we're we're focused on him as a quarterback. He will always be a quarterback here, and um, and and but I think it'd be crazy for us not to try to use him in other ways. But he is not a a. Um, what do you call it, a wildcat type of quarterback? That's not his role. He's he can, more than that. He could throw the ball. He just happens to be a really good athlete. And same with Zach. They could all, all those quarterbacks I mentioned. They can all play different positions. But I think in order for them, for us to have a, a solid group, they have to stay in that spot. Depth and recruiting are buzzwords for any college football program, and we've talked a lot about that. You brought up depth. Uh, and it's been a good week for BYU football, from what we understand in terms of recruiting. We can't mention specific names, but uh, the bigger picture. Do you feel like now in year four, you're finally starting to get your guys and your your effect and the the Kalani Satake effect, if you will, in terms of recruiting? Well, uh, they're all my guys, right? And so anyone that's that's wearing the Y and representing, they're all my guys. And I've all I, I I'm lucky to have more than anything, they're BYU's guys. And so I I'm the one that is coming in and being the the newcomer, you know, um, and then going on the fourth year, I just feel comfortable with, with the way things are going, team culture. Um, some things just take some time for things to, to grasp and, and, and for other people to understand what our mission is and our culture, which is built around the concept that, that, that the church is, and, and the school is built on, you know, that we are disciples of Christ and um, we just happen to play football and we're going to try to represent um, being disciples in every part of our life, you know, and so... Uh, I think football is a really important part of, of a lot of people's lives, but so is being a, a father and a husband and a, a son and all those things. And uh, for me, it's let's just all be great at all of it. And so we're looking forward to putting, you know, putting out a good season and and maybe some great results and, and uh, having some really good memories. Hopefully, there are a lot of those. Uh, this this uh, day, media day, you're going to be asked a lot of the same types of questions. So, mm-hmm. what's the one question you want us to ask you right now that you won't get asked today, probably? Oh, the one question that I won't get asked? That you want to get asked. What do you want to talk about that you're not going to get asked? Let's just do it right now. My, I don't know. I, I don't know what it's going to be. BYU it, football or not? It, it's going to be maybe my food choice. <laughs> for lunch? Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you want for lunch? I don't know, but there's there's like I saw on my on my itinerary that I had to do a spicy food challenge. Really? It's a bad idea. Just so <laughs> everyone should know. It's, <laughs> it's not, so I think we should avoid that one. You'll, you might have to cancel the interviews after that. I think we'll have to make Brecken Bakri do it or something. <laughs> yeah. He's up for anything. He's, yes. he's game for all of yes. it. So, yeah, that's... How about this? Who's the DJ during training camp? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, Jack DeMooney is kind of – he wants that, that title, right? Do you want to give that to Jack? 
I don't know. I just there's, there's a, I, I'm so I, I'm not even really knowing noticing the music until players start to dance, and then I think that's probably we need to go back to the '90s that they don't know. You know what I mean? '80s and '90s and stuff like that. That's our wheelhouse. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. shout out to Montel Jordan and Vanilla Ice. Yeah. <laughs> when you were playing, we. You guys are making me look feel old. I, I like all the new stuff too. You know, yeah. just if any recruits are watching, I'm kind of I'm on. You know, I'm hip to all of it. So and these guys are trying to Use make the me word hip though. Come these on, guys man. are trying to make me look old. <laughs> Kalani, it's great to talk to you. you guys Congratulations are awesome. on surviving interview number three. Uh, you know, you've got seventy yeah, ish to go on that spicy food. Guys, sandwich, man. I think Jeff Grimes said it. This is the highlight of the summer for me. So. Looking forward to it. And anytime Let's you hope get, it's not. Uh, I, I know I'm, being jo- I'm joking, but really this is a chance to talk about BYU football in yeah. June. Yeah. And um, that means that the season is about to start and we're 72 days away. Yep. And for a bunch of guys that are really anxious for the game, this is a great moment for us. Coach. Go Cougs. Always a pleasure. Okay, thanks, Kalani. All right, guys. Appreciate it, man. Coming up, from nobody to somebody, linebacker Isaiah Kafusi joins us. And a man who makes a blonde mullet look good. Verdict's still out on that. <laughs> Kyra's Tonga well, making his way in. This is BYU Sports we're Nation. We're saying that because he's not in the room. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coming up at 4 Eastern time on BYU TV, BYU Radio and the Apps, 150 years of college football, BYU's impact on the game, the history of the game, the Cougars' role in it. Tune in 4 Eastern today. Looking forward to that. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. We're also streaming on Watch ESPN, BYU TV, BYU Radio, myriad of ways to join us on 2019 BYU Football Media Day. You can listen to the show by downloading the podcast uh, and check us out at BYUSN.com. Not just today, but any day you would like. Our question of the day is more of something that we want you to submit. If you have questions for any of our guests, send them in to us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram using the hashtag BYUSN. And our next guest is one of the defensive stars for BYU football, Kyrus Tonga. Plugging up the middle. Kyrus, apparently you've lost 25 pounds. Your coach is uh, saying a lot of nice things about you. How are you feeling on media day? I feel good. I feel happy. Why do you feel happy? I don't know. Oh, oh, I guess we don't have to work out later, so that's good. Hey, that's a day off? Yeah. Give us an idea of what your schedule is like in terms of lifting and then the player run practices during the summer. Yeah. So uh, we started workouts from 1 o'clock, 1 to 4. Um, That's from conditioning and lifting. And after that, we go to PRPs, our player run practices. Um, it can go from 30 minutes to an hour and a half, uh, depending on what, uh, what we need to do that day. And then right after that, we go straight to study hall. That's a couple hours, and then finally get to go home. So it's, it's, it's not too bad, but... That's a long yeah. day. Yeah. 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 You, you in school right now? You, yes, oh, sir. You are? Okay. So uh, you're very busy. Three hours of conditioning. Yeah. You guys better be in great shape with three hours a day. Yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> wow. Do you take Wednesdays off? What's the... Oh, that's our pool day. That's the pool that's, day. That's, pool but day. That's, that's hard, too. That's like conditioning inside the pool. In the pool. But I'd rather do that in the pool than outside in the sun. Yeah, a little, yeah. little resistance. Never hurt yes, anybody. Sir. Right? Yeah. yeah. So this blonde hair thing has become kind of part of your, your mantra. This is your thing. <laughs> mantra, I, more like mule. I, I know. Yeah, seriously. I know that your, uh, your mom had some issues with it at first. Are, are those issues still there, or she kind of embraced this along with you? Uh, it's kind of iffy with her. I just seen her on Sunday, 
And I went, and she just she keeps touching it and telling me she wishes it was still black. So <laughs> she's she's okay with it right now, but I know she wants me to change it back. Um, what what has uh, the first two years been like for you? As you, I know you have NFL aspirations, and you are an NFL draft pick. It's a, it's whether it's next year or the year after that, right? So, what have you done in the first two years coming into this season to prepare yourself for what you hope will be a, a payday later in the future? Yeah, um, my first year when I when I first got here, I was um, I guess I was kind of shocked and surprised about like how things were ran in college football. Um, when Kalani told me I was going to be a D tackle, I was kind of like, cause when I, when I went on my mission, I was expecting to like play like at least DN or tight end, like stay out there. And then I ate too much and I paid the price. So I had to go work in the middle. And the first person <laughs> he said, yeah, you'll be going against Tijon. And I was like, I don't even know who Tijon is. And then I seen him first day of practice and I was, I was just scared. But from then until now, it's just prepared me to, uh, to be a hard worker and uh, to continue to work hard in everything I do, so it's been it's been a good two years so far. I'm excited for this year coming up. So you never expected to be a D tackle? No. So what? <laughs> no. So what? So what did you weigh before your mission? Uh, I was two seventy. Okay, so you yeah. would have been probably a, a kind of a heavier tight end. Yeah. The end. Uh huh. And then you had a great time in uh, Wichita, yeah, Kansas. It sounds like a great time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you become a successful pro, and it looks like you will be at defensive tackle, then you owe it all to Wichita, right? I owe it all to my mission, all the people. <laughs> so what was the food that uh, did you in? Barbecue. It's the barbecue, yeah. The Midwest barbecue has got me. Do you still love that? You still I eat that today? It. I, I, I want to go back. But if I go back, I know I'm going to too much weight. So Yeah, there's not another position for you to slide no, into at this point, No, time, right? yeah. How are you a better football player right now compared to where you were at this point let's say, at the beginning of last season? I think I'm just more um, knowledgeable about my position. Um, Elisa and uh, Kalani has been helping me uh, with the, like, the simple things with my hands, with my, my feet work. Um, uh, the strength staff with weight loss, um, it's been good. I feel way better. Um, playing at 350 last year, I didn't, I, I didn't feel that heavy until the difference I, I've been running right now. Um, I feel like it's just a nine-day difference, uh, me me being able to run uh, as long as I, I am now compared to last year. So condition-wise, um, strength-wise, have been uh, such a huge improvement for me. So are you 325? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm at 324, yeah. 324, okay. so, yeah, he knows. Be, Give him yeah, credit yeah, for yeah. every Come pound on, off. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. What, what have you done to lose that weight? Those conditioning. Just running? Yeah, running. I, I just watch what I eat. I don't eat after like nine o'clock. That's I so used to. My wife's just, always telling me that too. Yeah. She's like, "Hey, don't eat after." Yeah, it's You're right. It yeah. sucked at first, but now it's just it's normal now. So, what's a typical meal like for you? Uh, like three pieces of like steak and a bunch of rice. I know it's <laughs> that sounds delicious. Yeah, to me. so that's all. Like literally all I eat, and then go home and. Just a bunch of chicken and rice, that's it. Chicken and rice, yeah. the healthy stuff. Kairos Tonga with us on BYU Sports Nation, junior defensive tackle, even though that wasn't originally the plan. That, that changes is. That changes the context for me. So now I'm thinking, <laughs> can we can we get you in on offense at some point? Dangan Wolk, who got a touchdown in the bowl game. I know, that's what I'm, I Are you looking telling, for yours? I, I keep telling Grimes, put me in the backfield one time. <laughs> Goal line, something. Like William the Refrigerator Perry situation? Yeah, just give me the ball one time. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Harvey Longy got on the offensive side. See, it's happened recently. 
I hope, hopefully this year. Yeah. We'll give you some more names that you can slide into your arsenal. Yeah. And say, hey, like, all like, these guys have been. Like, have, have, uh, have your guy uh, Braden pull the video, you know? Be like, hey, look at this, Jeff. Yeah. See? I can do it. One of the more memorable moments of this offseason has been this back and forth on Twitter between you and uh, one of your Utah opponents, Bradley and I. One of his Utah fans said, Bradley and I is going to wreck everything this year. And then Mr. and I responded by saying, especially BYU. To which you responded, can't wait, Kairos. And it lit the rivalry on fire. Why <laughs> As did if you, it needed more gasoline. I know. Why did you feel like you needed to be the guy to say something? I don't know. I just, I see a lot. We see a lot as players. Uh, a lot of people talk. Uh, so, whenever you see someone like Bradley and I, Bradley and I, we're, we're friends, and we have like, uh, we're super close to like the same people. So, I just did it as a joke, just to, just to get things going. But um, we're just excited. I think it, it just brings a, a lot more fun to the rivalry uh, when you see the players start to talk instead of the fans. So, and it's the first game. I, do you love that it's the first game? Yeah. Is it affecting how you prepare? Uh, I think it's getting it's getting a lot of uh, more of the players more amped up about the uh, the first game because a lot of them uh, just grew up just not liking Utah and the U and uh, and we had our fair shares of of our games with them so they're excited to to go out to to prove a point. It's fun to have a couple defectors on this side too, right? Yeah. Isaiah and Jackson Kafusi. My dad played at Utah. Yeah. Zach Wilson, obviously. Yep. So that's kind of fun, fun wrinkle, yeah. right? I think it'll be, it'll be fun. Now, some people will remember the last time we saw you and spoke with you was in Nashville. Speaking of barbecue. Uh, yeah, some really good barbecue. And Jason Shepard <laughs> found himself next to you on this wooden bench swing. Um, caption the pictures you're seeing right now, Kairos, you sitting next to Jason. I told him before he sat down, I, I – I I asked him um, to make sure like it'll hold us because I was super scared. Like I was real life scared. I, I I asked him like three times. Like, are you sure this is gonna hold us? He's like, yeah, I'm positive. Like, all right. He, he had no idea. Yeah, no, there's he was no, just he was just no saying way. it. Yeah. Check the integrity yeah. of the structure. Yeah, those chains looked a little iffy. Come on, so. man. Yeah. Well, we wish you uh, great luck uh, this season. I think it's, is this your first time in studio? We've talked to you a lot. Yeah, this, yeah, this is my first time here. Well, so. welcome. It's great to have you. Uh, Thank you. Can we get your signature on this flag? Yeah. That'd be all right? Yeah, we're going to need you to sign the Sailor Coog flag, the vintage yeah. logo yeah. Sailor Coog flag. Uh-huh. And you can sign it right now. And uh, let's give you BYU Sports Nation karma for class, oh, right for now. conditioning, for all that. Yeah. Just watch go, your just, step. Just watch your step there, yeah. All right. We'll get a ramp at some point. We need a better budget for that. <laughs> yeah. Kairos Tonga. Great stuff. Yeah, with the yeah with the 72nd pick in the NFL draft, the Titans select. The once tight end, now defensive tackle. Yeah, that changes everything for me. Awesome. I like when we learn things like that. Thanks, Kairos. Coming up, how the Utah game has shaped the offseason for the players. And can Isaiah Kafusi lead the defense in interceptions again? We'll ask him how he's doing following his injury. Another Kafusi coming to Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation. Bring them all in. BYU Football Media Day 2019 continues live on BYU TV, streaming on BYU Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 143. We're also on Watch ESPN. Portions of today's Media Day special presented by GoCougs.com for a limited supply of Media Day polos and other exclusive sideline gear. Visit GoCougs.com. With that said, let's keep it rolling. We've talked with Kalani Satake, 
We just spoke with defensive tackle Kairos Tonga, and now we welcome in one of the linebacker stars on that BYU defensive side of the ball, Isaiah Kafusi. Isaiah, welcome to Studio B for the first time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. It took media day to get you here, it, it but did. hey, you're here. Yeah, my little brother's actually been here before I have, so... Hey, what's he, up? He's got what? little brothers. You know how they are. Come on, Jackson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you had an outstanding uh, 2018 season. That means you get to participate in Media Day in 2019. Yeah. So um, describe what the last year has been like for you as you went from we're not sure who this guy is to one of the stars of the defense. Yeah, uh, it, it was a crazy, crazy ride um, the last year. A lot of opportunity, and I, I, I think I ran away with some of the opportunities and kind of made a, a name for myself. Um, but it, it's been fun, uh, challenging, a lot of hard work, um, a lot of dedication to, you know, to football and to my, my skills, and my craft and bettering myself as a person, as a player, as a husband, as a, as a father now, um, just, it, it's been fun though. It's been a, a, a good year, I think. So did you have a, <clears throat> a child in the last year? Yeah. So we just had our, our first six weeks ago. Congratulations. Congrats. So, yeah. Boy, girl. Boy. Name? Boy. Foster. Foster. Foster Lakai Kafusi. Yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful name. Congratulations. We've, we've, uh, they've already offered him a scholarship, so, he'll, you know. They being BYU and Utah, probably? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's part of the birthright. If you're it a Kafusi, is. yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Isaiah Kafusi with this. You had surgery on your ankle to replace some, or to not replace, but to repair some ligaments. Um, how's the recovery going? What's the status? And, uh, you know, where are you on the line to getting back to being 100%? Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, I had ankle surgery after that Utah game. Uh, it, it was kind of rough. You know, it's, it hasn't been the easiest recovery. Uh, a lot of hard work, a lot of rehab and therapy uh, to, to really get the ankle feeling right. Um, but I'm feeling great now. I'm, I'm, I'm not limited in any, any drills, um, any movements. And, and I'm feeling good, so just working up to, you know, really getting game speed, I think. I, I think I'm going full speed, but then there's game speed, I think. So really working hard to that, and, you know, I've, I've got a you know, couple months till the first game and then, you know, a month and a half or so till fall camp, and, and I'm feeling good. Uh, I, I think there'll be no problems at all. We look back at that Utah game, and it's like, oh, man, three injuries played a significant role, right? You, Corbin Kafusi. And uh, Matt Hadley. Yeah. Do you feel like if all three of you play in that game, stay in the game, that you hold on? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Have you it, thought about that a million times? Yeah, it, it's, it's gone through my head a few times. Um, and, and, you know, that you can't do anything about it. Sure. It, injuries are part of the game, and uh, it was unfortunate for us. But uh, it's over. It's done with. You know, it's we not have, over for me. I'm still thinking about it. And, and you know, <laughs> I, I still think about it, but it, it doesn't weigh me down. It doesn't limit me sure. at all. And um, I'm excited for this year. And, and, and kind of what's going to happen. And health is a big deal, right? You see, this is this is a, a Utah was <clears throat> undermanned offensively as well, right? It, it was both sides. But um, the fact that BYU's up twenty and things are rolling and you guys are playing really well, real, and then ah, the depth, you know, wasn't yeah. quite. It's the end of the year. That's been talked about, and it always is preseason. But how do you feel about the depth of say the linebacker position? Where yeah. I think there were eighteen last year, and nine were seniors. Yeah. So that's a yeah. group that graduated a lot of guys. Yeah, and and you know they've they did a really good job, I think, at kind of teaching us the younger guys how to, you know, just kind of about the linebacking spot in general. Um, I'm really excited this year though about our depth. I mean, we have Zane and I. You know, we're kind of the oldest guys. You know, I'm a junior; he'll be a senior, and then we have Jackson. You know, Chaz, Keenan. Alex Muskella, um, who else do we have? Peyton Wilgar. Peyton Wilgar, you know, Max Tooley. I mean, they're just like, you can't even remember all their names, you know, because there's so many young guys. And uh, I think they're going to just excel. Um, you know, Zane, Zane and I have tried, tried to 
um, you know, really teach them. We've, we've had film sessions and we've had extra PRPs, you know, just to get out to teach different concepts. And uh, it, it's been fun, you know, to teach them and, and just kind of see it click. You know, I was once in their shoes and had guys like Fred and Butch and Sione, you know, do the same exact thing. And, and it's just a matter of time. And that's just kind of how, you know, the tradition goes. Uh, and, and so I'm really excited about our depth. I think we'll rotate a lot, get a lot of fresh guys in and stay healthy. BYU Football Media Day continues from Studio B. Isaiah Kafusi, one of the Cougar linebackers with us. We talked with your assistant head coach, Ed Lamb, yesterday, and he is in charge of the linebackers, yeah. and he mentioned how important it is for you and Zane Anderson <clears throat> to be versatile and not just play on the outside, but potentially come and play a little bit on the inside yeah. and be a middle linebacker and teach some of those guys, and especially in the nickel package. I mean, they're asking a lot of you. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about that role of being a leader for all of those young guys? Yeah, it's a little bit daunting. You know, I've never really um, strived to be, you know, the main leader guy. You know, I've always just kind of tried to lead by example. Um, and so I, I think, you know, it's just wherever coaches, you know, want me to play, I'll do that. You know, and it's kind of just having the attitude um, you know, if I can pass this attitude down to the young guys, where it's wherever they need me to be is where I'll be, um, and I'll and I'll dedicate time, I'll dedicate you know whatever it takes to to really you know fulfill what the coaches expect of me and and what they want me to do. Tell us a little <clears throat> bit about Brother Jackson. Uh, he's in the mix at middle linebacker. Yeah. Um, what would it like be like to play with Jackson? Yeah, it, it, I mean, we had a couple of plays last year um, in the McNeese State game where. You know, Jackson was in the middle and I was in the outside. And it, it's just fun, you know, to be out there to see him play. We've, we never really played with each other in high school. He was always kind of younger. And, uh, you know, to be out there with him was fun. Um, I think there was a series where Jackson made the tackle and then I made the tackle right after the next play. And, you know, you hear you hear the, you know, the, the announcer say the Kafusi on the tackle and then another Kafusi on the tackle. You know, it's just fun. And then Corbin was that. in on the tackle and then it's like another Kafusi. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> With Isaiah Kafusi on BYU Sports Nation, you were one of the leaders of this team in creating turnovers last year. In fact, you led the team in interceptions, which uh, nobody saw coming, but maybe, maybe you did. Are turnovers more about a skill thing, effort thing, or luck? Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. You know, I, I've always been a believer in trying to be the smartest player on the, on the field. And so a few of those interceptions, um, and, I, and I almost had one against UMass, would have been a pick six. And before that, you know, I, I had seen, I was running on the field and I told, you know, our director of football operations, John Swift, I said, hey, watch this, I'm going to get one. You know, because, you know, I had seen a, a couple of their plays um, and I lined up again and I knew what was coming. So I kind of baited the quarterback, I disguised a little bit and I dropped out and I think I was just a little too excited to get to the end zone. But I think, you know, making plays and turnovers is more about being smart than skill and, you know, athleticism. So I've always been a believer in that. Um, I've tried to to really focus on that, you know, being smart, knowing tendencies and keys and, you know, just the the logistics of football, I think. So film study. Film study. Knowing what's coming, uh, tendencies, uh, you know, tipping your pitch, if you will, in baseball for a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've tried to. You know, I, I think that that gives you the biggest advantage to making plays. Gotcha. Last year, this team was top thirty in uh, defensively in points, yards, pass yards, rush yards. Do you feel like this is a defense that can continue to build on that and be at that level? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think you know the the standard in the bar has been set, and I think that we're really working hard to you know overcome that and, and to pass that. Um, and and I think we will. You know, I'm excited about the guys we have. Uh, excited about our D line. You know, they're absolutely just stacked. 
and I'm excited about our back end. You know, we, you know, Austin and Diane and, and D'Lo and Chris Wilcox, you know, we're just, I, I think that, you know, the bar has been set and we're working this off season to just break through it. 72 days away from Utah. <clears throat> you grew up as a Ute fan because yeah. <laughs> your dad played there. When did it all turn blue for you? Oh man. So looking back at it, um, you know, I grew up coming to the camps, the BYU camps with Steve and, uh, you know, Kind of once Bronson and Corbin had come through, you know, Corbin did his red shirt or his gray shirt year here and uh, started, you know, coming to the camps. And that's, I think, when I when it sparked. Uh, and then I got here um, going into my junior year and got the offer. And it was all BYU then from then on. And dad was OK with that. Uh, he, he is OK with it now. <laughs> yeah. At first, you know, it, I mean, he's always loved BYU. He loves, um, I think, the values and the standards here. Um, and he's always really taught us those. Um, and, and I think, you know, having Kalani come back, because my dad played under Coach McBride, and uh, I think Kalani brings that same vibe and the same energy and that the feel here in this program is kind of how um, he, it was when he was at Utah. And so that's, I think, kind of been the turning point is the coaching staff. And now, he, you know, he's got his BYU polos and his hats and his lanyards. He just, he's all about it. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma to survive the rest of this day. Get healthy, get ready for the season, and uh, we'd like you to join Kairos Tonga yeah. as a first-time guest in Studio B and uh, give awesome. us your signature. Of course. Great to have you. Hey, it's, it's, Appreciate it, Isaiah. It's good to be here. Foster Kafusi, the kids. I love Six it. Six weeks ago. That's awesome. You have, you have nothing to do. You're so bored. Ankle <laughs> surgery, baby, Utah. Yeah, awesome. It's been fun. It's been good. You know, yeah. got some decent sleep. Yeah. But. He's a good sleeper. Doesn't that's, give us too much trouble. That's so. good. It won't last. Thanks, Isaiah. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Enjoy it while you yeah, can, Isaiah. Exactly. Oh, I will. Coming up, does left tackle Brady Christensen consider himself a skill position player? Ooh, there's the loaded question there. And who's the best member of the Peely family on oh. this team? Trajan has an opinion on that. I think I know the answer. He'll weigh in next. This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tune in on the BYU TV app or BYUtv.org for web chats hosted by Lauren McLean and Jason Shepard following BYU Sports Nation 2 to 4 Eastern time today. They mix it up. They uh, do some fun stuff. So check that out. Yes, it's like a game show every yeah, interview. Well, well, it's like all kinds of genres, right? So Kalani Satake, Fessy Satake earlier today with uh, Lauren, and uh, good, to, good to see Lauren as well. It's awesome. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on 2019 BYU Football Media Day. If you have any questions for the guests on today's show, send them to us. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's simple. Just use the hashtag BYUSN. We welcome in our next guest, Trajan Peely. Mm-hmm. Another uh, guy who has multiple family members yes. with this BYU Fans, football team. Fair, right. We asked the question before we went to break, Trajan, who's the best Peely on the team? And we think we know the answer, but we need the official response oh, now. Oh, well, obviously it's me. You know, I was, <laughs> you know, I'd always answer with me uh, as the best player. Yep. Your, your brother Keenan's <laughs> on the team. And then your brother-in-law, Marona yes. Laolu Puchito, who married your yes. sister, Kira, who used to work here. Yes. Yep. Yep. So it's loaded. So do you feel like, and I, we asked this of Marona, do you feel like on the road you you need to be road or home roommates in the hotel, or do you get oh, some space with it, brother and brother-in-law? You know, I'll use just like an offense-defense type of thing. You know, I think this next year I'll probably room with my brother. You know, both defense. Fellow so, defensive yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Nothing really like that. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of, uh, 
I guess, friendly rivalry exists between you three on the team? Uh, you know, you, me and Keenan have always been competitive ever since we've been growing up. So it's kind of fun to finally be on the same team and try to compete with one another, try to push each other. So it's fun to finally do that and we're in the same setting. You know, growing up, it's kind of like different weight classes. He's a lot younger, I'm a lot older. So it's good to be together and compete. So describe uh, his game and how perhaps you may play together at some point yeah. this year. He's definitely probably the one of the best athletes in, in our family. You know, he's, he's tall, he's fast, and, and he's strong. So he's somebody that loves football as well. Um, and so I, I really think he could be a contributor this year. You know, as he progresses and gets that mission body off of him and understands our football scheme, I think he's going to do really well. Got home in January, linebacker. Yeah. So he could be behind you as you're on the defensive yeah, line. Yeah, yep, yep. Maybe blitzing it, you know. Coming off the edge, a little, yeah. little combo. That could you know? be cool. Yeah. You, maybe you rival the Kafusi brothers? Is yeah. that a thing now? You're yeah, like, yeah. The, yeah, the we're, try, we're trying, you know. Yeah. We're trying. Yeah. We're not as tall as them, but we're trying, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you play on the defensive line. We just spoke one, uh, with one of your defensive linemen brethren, Kairos Tonga. What's yes. it like to play next to Kairos uh, on a daily basis? You know, it, it's pretty – it gives you a lot of confidence knowing you got someone like him right next to you on the D-line because you know they're going to take like three or four guys to try to block him. Like, okay, well, I'm, I must be free to the quarterback then, you know. So it's fun to play someone that good. Uh, on the D-line. It makes the, the world of a difference uh, as, as a defensive end. Uh, you had two sacks last year. Yeah. What kind of goals do you have this year? Uh, for me, it's at least one a game. So I think we have 13 games, so 13 sacks for me, that's that's what I'm trying to aim for. You know, senior year. got a monster year. You know, third, I mean, senior year, got pressures on, got to perform, see what happens. As a senior, give us an idea of the leadership element of this team as, as this offseason feels like one of those special groups that are putting in the time. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think what separates this team from the ones I've been past, you know, I've been here since 2013. It's probably the best offseason I've had uh, with, with the team. And it's just because you have guys that are buying into uh, what we're trying to do. Everyone's on the same page. Everyone has the same goals, the same vision of, of, of having a successful season. And when you have that, when you have everyone on the same page, that's when all the motivation, going through workouts, when everyone's pushing each other to achieve those things, that's where great things happen. And so for me, that's what I've seen in this offseason. With how last season ended with that heartbreaking loss to yeah. Utah, but a bounce-back dominant performance in the bowl game against Western Michigan, how have those final two games shaped your preparation and your training for this offseason, getting ready for Utah now in 72 days? I think for us it's just realizing that we can be a really, really good team. You know, I think guys last year, you know, like I said, some maybe not buying into the culture, some not really seeing the grand vision of what we can be. Um, and this offseason, everyone's bought into that. Everyone can see what they're, um, they can become. And that, I think that last bowl game really uh, put the exclamation point like, yeah, we can be good if we want to be. And so that's been our whole push this offseason is just doing that. How does a great quarterback or quarterbacks affect the defense on a like team? Play, like playing against a good quarterback? No. Oh, on you being on yeah. the BYU defense, yeah. how does having a Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall affect the defense? Oh, well, I love when Obviously, we're not on the field at the same time. So when I'm on the sideline and I'm watching our offense ball out and have really good play and making plays out there, it gives us a confidence like, oh, let's go. You know, let's, let's get out there. Let's play. And so having a good quarterback makes a world of a difference because you know that you have the confidence that your offense is going to move the ball. And they're going to take us some time, give you guys a quick rest, and then kind of play the game, win the game from there. 
Trajan, last time we spoke with you, it was outside on a yeah. remote. <laughs> now you're it's in cold. Studio B. <laughs> it was cold, but uh, we uh, we need you to sign our oh, okay. vintage Sailor Krug flag Mind as well. Oh, yeah. We're adding a sure. lot of signatures. This is no, great. Is great. Yeah, there we go. Awesome. Thanks, Trajan. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Trajan, Trajan and Peeling. Keenan, Peeling, Pujital. That's going to be some tough three on three. Yeah, if you ever <laughs> the play. The family bloodlines yeah, in this team are out. incredible. Look out. Coming up, how different will the BYU offense look in year two of Zach Wilson and Jeff Frams? We'll ask both. And according to Pro Football Focus, he is the second ranked sophomore tackle in all the land. Look at that Brady lettuce. Christensen making his way to Studio B. How does he get to that number one spot? This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Portions of today's BYU Sports Nation Media Day special presented by GoCougs.com. For a limited supply of Media Day polos and other exclusive gear, visit GoCougs.com. Let's keep it rolling. If you missed any of today's show, you can download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to view full episodes. We have a second hour after this segment, so stay with us for another hour. Jeff Grimes, Zach Wilson, Lopinia Katoa, among others, will join us. We now start to shift our attention to the offensive side of the ball for Brigham Young University and do so with Brady Christensen. Yesterday, Jeremy, you and I were talking about the offensive line and the experience and depth that comes back and protecting Zach Wilson. So, Brady, that is, uh, I guess, our first question is, how do you keep Zach healthy and safe uh, with your brethren there on the offensive line? I think we just got to give him all day, um, always be fighting. Even if it feels like you've been blocking forever, just keep grinding because you never know with that guy. That guy has some can run around and make plays, so you just got to keep going no matter what. Uh, Pro Football Focus ranked you the number two sophomore tackle in the country. What did that mean to you? That's that's pretty random, but awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, I don't take much stock into it. Um, obviously, I want to be first, so it's motivating to me to work harder this offseason and get better because I do have a lot of things I can improve on. So, What are some of those things in your opinion? Definitely technique. Uh, last year, I was very uh, I was raw in my technique, and so I can work a lot on that. And then also getting a lot stronger and tougher and just better in all phases of it. You've switched offensive line coaches, going from Ryan Pugh to Eric Mateos. Uh, how has that impacted you individually and the offensive line moving forward? It's been great because uh, Coach Pugh, he was a technician, so we learned a ton from him. And then Mateos just has this excitement about a game that is so contagious, you know. And so it gets us all excited to get into fall camp in that first day, you know, and just get going and hit people hard. And, and you, take both, you take a lot from both uh, coaches. You had uh, you had a play where the ball was thrown to you behind the line of scrimmage against Northern Illinois. Yep. And uh, I, th- I think you, your guys need to block for you better on that play. What do, what do you think of that play? Right, right. Not to call <laughs> out anyone, but James MP. No. <laughs> no, it was originally designed for to, to be run against Hawaii. It was called Rain- Rainbow Warrior. And uh-huh. but we kept it in the game plan for the next week, and uh, they called it down the goal line. And I was like, let's go. I was kind of nervous, but I was excited, you know. Listen, you made you made a guy miss. Right, right. Okay, so Zach gives you the ball. This is a rush. We got look at the whoop. Right, right. You get around. Yes, James Empey misses the block. <laughs> you are absolutely correct. Wow. People were giving me grief. They're like, "How did you not make one guy miss?" And I was like, "I did. I, I did. I, I made, made a guy, guy miss. miss." Hey, one is more than you should make miss. Let's be honest. Right, look at right? that. Look at that. Wow. That was that was skilled. Do you want another? Well. Tackle eligible play this year? You know, you always want one, but they said uh, not for a while. (laughs) After that? (laughs) After that. (laughs) They're like, everyone knows about it, and uh, we didn't score, so maybe a couple years. The the, the greatest tackle eligible play in BYU history was the 01 Liberty Bowl. Dustin Reichert scored a touchdown. 
You're familiar with the play? Uh, I haven't seen it, but You've I've heard, heard about a lot it? about it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, when you get that chance, I'm sure that they all go back and start bringing up his name. At this point, do you consider yourself a skill position player? Oh, you know, uh, we always have like uh, IQ plays in practice where you kind of switch positions. And I had a receiver and I ran just like a, I don't even know what it's called, but it's where you go straight. <laughs> Uh, a fade, a fade. There we go. Yeah. Okay. And I caught it for a touchdown, and I celebrated, you know, and I was like, I think go. I was at that practice. Were you? Yeah. yeah Spring ball, right? I mean, every time you get a ball as an offensive lineman, you take advantage of it. Oh, that's awesome. Tell, tell us about this O-line, because uh, everybody but Austin Hoyt is back. Bunch of guys who have started. You started all 13 games. James Empey, who missed a block, started all 13 <laughs> games. Tristan Hodge, uh, you know, I'm going to miss somebody. Shove, Sally Apaga, uh, Longson. This is going to be a pretty good offensive line. How do you feel oh, about it? Oh, we love – we're so excited. I mean, we do – usually when guys get extra work in, it's usually like one or two guys here and there, you know. But as this unit, we've all gotten extra work in together every day. We're always in the weight room together. We're always getting uh, technique work outside and always just getting better together. Uh, we're really a tight group. And I think as an offensive line group, you need to be tight, you know. you got to know exactly what the left tackle is doing, the center is doing, the right tackle, and everything in between, you know. Did you feel pressure as a freshman starter at left tackle? I mean, the blind side's all about how the left tackle is arguably the most important position on the line, right? Oh, yeah. The but first, you came in right away. The first game against Arizona, I was shaking a little bit, and I was, I was nervous. But once you get out there on the field and you hit someone right in, under the jaw, it's just football from then on. So I, once you're on the field, it's fine. Brady Christensen with us on BYU Sports Nation, sophomore offensive lineman. Who's the leader of the offensive line right now? Uh, as far as who takes over in like the film studies without coach, James Empey does a great job. So he misses blocks but doesn't miss film. Is that yeah. what you're saying? He, he learns from his that mistakes. Was, that was probably the only block he missed all season. <laughs> I will say that. But, yeah, he's, uh, his knowledge of the game is unbelievable, and we all learn from him. And we all chip in here and there, but he definitely uh, takes over in the film studies. We love James. Great yeah, stuff. Yeah, James is great. He's one of my best Brady, friends. Brady, sign our flag if you don't mind as we go to break. Great to talk to you, man. Thank you. Great talking okay, to you thanks. Guys. Coming up, how Zach Wilson's shoulder is recovering. The sophomore QB to B joins us. Ah, an hour two. Yes, it's a two-hour special on Media Day. It begins next with offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. Stay with us. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now with a BYU Football Media Day special, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. If one hour is good, two are better. BYU Sports Nation continues an extra 60 minutes on 2019 BYU Football Media Day, brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wherever and however you're with us, nice to have you here. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Here's what's on tap for hour number two, an update on Zach Wilson. We heard from him in state of the program. We're going to go in-depth with him as he kind of gives us some more details on his shoulder rehab. In fact, we saw some pictures and some images of uh, some of his training yesterday that uh, you'll get to see. Yeah, he, he looks like it's going really well. Lopini Katoa, depth at running back. That'll be uh, a conversation. And BYU from a national perspective with ESPN's Ivan Mazel. He's here, senior writer, been with ESPN since 2002, covering the Cougars. Yes, he has a fantastic podcast. With that said, here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Earlier in state of the program, athletic director Tom Homo said the nuances of bowl scheduling 
One of the things that is still being worked out between BYU and ESPN Later today on BYUtv.org, web chats will continue at 2 p.m. Eastern. And at 4 Eastern, 150 years of college football, BYU's impact on the game. Cannot wait for that special presentation. BYU Athletics announces an enhanced game day experience with Cougar Canyon and an enhanced tailgate opportunity. Cougar Canyon will be in the lot west of the stadium, include food trucks, live music. The Cougar Walk will go through there and photo opportunities. So this is new this fall. After one of the most successful seasons in program history, BYU women's track and field signs Lauren Merrill from Orem High School, the 4A pole vault state champ, holds the Utah High School State Athletic Association record for vaulting over 12 feet. In fact, 12 feet, 3 inches. Welcome, Lauren. And Team USA has altered its roster for USA Women's Volleyball. Mary Lake gets the week off uh, in place of Michaela Fecky in her last game. Uh, Mary Lake helped uh, have 12 digs, 24 receptions in a sweep of China. We would like your questions for our guests today using the hashtag BYUSN. Send those in on Twitter, Facebook, and or Instagram. Joining us now in Studio B, we just spoke with one of his offensive linemen, is the offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes. Coach, welcome back. We've kept your seat warm for you. I hope you I know noticed that. that. Did you let Brady sit in this chair? Y- yes, we did. we did. I noticed. It felt a little bit off. You know? <laughs> it's tilting a little bit to one side. You know, He plays left tackle, so he leans on yeah. the left leg a little bit. I-, I asked Kyrus if he wanted to raise his chair, and he said, no, I'm afraid the chair will break. And I said, okay, whatever you want, man. Kyrus sat in this? Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's a strong chair. Yeah. Yes, it is. They've all been Mo Lange tested, by the way, just before, and then, then we're good. Okay, that's, so we're that's, good. That's the standard. Yeah. yeah. And we've had some fun talking about uh, the Grimes man rules and things like that. So what's the Grimes man rule of the day? Um, wow. Um, you know, I was completely unprepared for that. So um, I don't know, but a good, one, a good one to go with is eat as much meat as you can in a single 24-hour period. That always <laughs> yeah. works. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking of moments on my mission in southern Brazil with the barbecue and being sick immediately after. Yeah, Yeah. sometimes it's just worth it. (laughs) It was in the moment, yeah, exactly. Um, Let's talk about this 2019 offense. So you had to make this adjustment midway through to cater to your quarterback, and that's that's, uh, credit to your coaching is, okay, let's let's line up with your skill set. How much more um, change did you make in the offseason now that it is a anticipated full season of Zach Wilson? I think we've we've certainly um, added a few things and deleted a few things and and changed how we do a few things as well, but more subtle changes. The, um, the overall style will be similar to what you saw the latter part of the year um, with Zach at quarterback, um, but you know we we felt like as a staff when we when we started this this thing a year and a half ago is that we needed to build a versatile system. And I think for us, I think for any offense, that's somewhat important. For us, maybe more so than others, because I think from a recruiting standpoint, the most important thing we have to do is sign the best LDS athletes that are available every year. And so if we're going out and signing the guys who are the best, um, the best players who are also members of the church, that guy may or may not fit a specific style as well as if you have a wider net that you're casting. And so in one particular year, that that top quarterback might be more of a pro-style guy. A different year, it might be a little bit more of an athletic spread guy that runs around and, and plays with his feet a little bit more. And the same could be said at any number of positions. So I think being versatile and flexible is important for us and our staff. 
Um, but having said that, um, that will still apply to some extent with with the personnel that we play with. The most important thing is to get our best players on the field, and whether we do that with with um, 11 personnel or 20 personnel or 12 personnel or 13 personnel, regardless of how many tight ends or receivers or backs we have out there, we want to get the best players on the field as often as possible. And so um, there will still be some flexibility and, and some changes as the as the season and our offense evolves, but I think you'll see a product pretty similar to what you saw the latter half of the year. Obviously one that has – a little bit more confidence for me as a as a play caller with more guys coming back, a returning quarterback <coughs> that you know better, um, and so a little bit more willingness to to do a little bit more. BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes with us on BYU Sports Nation. <coughs> Media Day continues. Coach, we hear constantly that Zach Wilson is a football junkie, and you get to experience and see that uh, more so than most people. What goes into that, and and what does that even mean? Because we see what he can do on the field, but what what does that mean behind the scenes? Well, in particular, this this spring, it, it's meant everything to him because while he hadn't been able to get out there and run the offense and throw the ball, I think he's he's still gained a lot of information just by being a junkie and studying the game. And he's, you know, he's texting me and A Rod all the time about what he saw and what he's studying and what he's learning. And so, I think you'll still see a guy that. Um, increases his performance right away. And obviously part of that would be due to this being his second year as a starter. Um, But I think he will have grown more so than others would in that same position because if I I checked up on him at one night at uh, 10.30, he's probably more likely to be watching football than watching Netflix or playing a video game. And that's usually not the case for most guys his age. How different um, is the playbook if Jaron Hall is in there versus Zach Wilson? Is it very similar? Very similar. Is it? Yeah. The, but it's not the same exact one. I think with every with every change in quarterback, you, there there would be some things you would emphasize a little bit more than others. But um, you know, this this spring we didn't feel like we had to do anything differently than we would have, or call any different plays, or have any sort of different design than we would have um, with with the quarterbacks that we had, in particular um, with Jaron getting the majority of the reps towards the end of spring ball with the first group very similar style and and while he's still growing and evolving as a player I think we'll see only um, better things from him he's uh, he's really really talented and um, a good challenge to have is um, how we can best use him were you uh, I, I know you wanted to win games at all costs right but um, were you careful to try and if you could limit him to four games or fewer last year to keep that red shirt since yeah, he's a yeah, freshman. yeah. If we if we felt like we had needed to use him more, um, we certainly could have. Um, but once we made the switch, we felt like we um, we didn't need to necessarily play him a lot. And and really, he was still in that in that um, getting his legs back phase from the mission, you know. And and was last year wasn't wasn't really even close to what he has shown that that he can be uh, this spring. The offensive line is getting a lot of attention, and uh, I think rightfully so. We saw Brady Christensen with pro football focus being rated highly as one of the best sophomore tackles coming back. But really, I think it's kind of hard for a BYU fan in general not to get excited about the experiences coming back with how many young guys that have played well at that young age. How do you see the offensive line, and, and what are your expectations for them this season? Well, I'm pleased with the with the progress that they're making. I think they're certainly moving in the right direction. Um, I'm really happy with the job that 
Coach Mateos is doing. He's <clears throat> he's um, he's a great fit for them, and they've taken to his personality and teaching style really well. Um, but I think we've got a group that last year met a certain standard, and that standard was they're playing pretty well for a bunch of young guys. And now that's not the case. And so this year we need to play really well for a bunch of guys with experience. And that bar is set at a different mark now. That mark last year was, well, you know, just having one or two sacks in that game was okay given who they are. We're we're beyond that now. And so I look to uh, to see our offensive line take a huge jump, and I would love to see them be the group that, that allows us to become um, that next-level offense. And I think if they become – tougher and more physical and more consistent than our whole offense will take on that approach. For the record, Brady is pining for another opportunity to catch the ball at some point. Yeah. Does he remember how that one? <laughs> he did. He did make someone miss. Which he was did. Impressive. He and, did. And, and he said, I didn't want to call anyone out, James Empey, but he missed a block. <laughs> the, the overall success of the play was not necessarily limited to his performance. <laughs> <laughs> Political answer, Jeff. I like yeah. it. Oh, it's great stuff. Uh, Tyson Williams, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina uh, grad transfer. What kind of difference could this guy make in the backfield? I think I think um, he's got an opportunity to really make a big difference, and I feel the same way about Emmanuel. You know, we we um, we felt like with the losses we sustained last year coupled with the fact that there weren't a lot of natural fits at running back in last year's recruiting class, um, created a situation for us where we needed to go and and look at the junior college and grad transfer market. And in doing that, we found I mean, we didn't think we were going to sign two and didn't necessarily set out to do that, but we found two guys who ended up um, <clears throat> feeling like this was the best fit for them. And we certainly had room given the losses that we had and, and not bringing in guys in that recruiting class. And so um, I feel like both of them can add. You know, if if you didn't feel that way, you wouldn't bring in a guy that just had a year left. You know, it's kind of like a, a pro sports team that signs signs a guy that's toward the end of his career but might have one or two good years left in him, you know, to help him get that – that championship or that next that next they're, take that next step. Kawhi Leonard, they're both Kawhi Leonard. One, <laughs> one year left on the deal. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> they're both they're both very talented guys that that we're excited about. And then Lopini Katoa, Tyler Algier, I know there's others in the mix as well. Um, how do you feel about that group? Yeah, I think we've got we've got a very interesting group at running back. Um, and you know, last year it was it was um, it. An unusual position because we played so many different guys, and that wasn't necessarily by design. We just had we had changes in health constantly, almost weekly, and uh, it was really just who was available that particular week. and And we have a lot of those guys back. You mentioned you mentioned Peeney um, and Tyler um, Kavika Fonal's back after after sitting out all of last year with an injury. Um, Sione Finau has a lot of potential for a young guy. And so we've got, we've got several guys there who don't have a lot of experience. And then we've got two guys joining the program who have experience in other systems at other places. And so there's a lot of competition there, which I, th- I always think is a really good thing because competition um, forces the cream to rise to the top. We'll finish with this. Obviously, the emphasis is on Utah, 72 days away. 
the following week, nine days later, you go to Neyland Stadium in Tennessee where you have coached and been before and are well aware of that atmosphere. Uh, what kind of atmosphere awaits BYU in that first road game of the season for uh, fans and, and players that are going to be there for the first time? You know, any of the elite SEC programs offers just such a tremendous opportunity to play the game, you know. Um, whether you're talking about Tennessee or Georgia or Auburn or LSU or wherever you might be be talking about in that league, um, just the pageantry of the game, the excitement of the fans, um, just just offers a tremendous game day environment. And I really, I really think our players will will look forward to that. I think it'll be a great opportunity for us to go and prove ourselves on a national stage. And I think we've got the kind of guys, particularly this year, that'll rise to that challenge. Coach, great to talk with you, and uh, thank you for sharing your Grimes man rule of the day on the spot. I know we put you in a tough position there, but we will take it to heart. Eat as much meat as you can in he's, a 24-hour period. He's used to calling plays quickly. I, this is nothing, right? <laughs> I had this to call something, yeah. You I, had to call I, something. It's a pretty good one, I think, yeah. actually. Yeah, it's a good play. Good. Yes, it is. Okay, first down. Yeah, first down. Thanks, Jeff. All right, Appreciate thanks, it. guys. Coming up, QB1 is in the house. Zach Wilson is on deck. And Lopini Catello, one of the running backs lining up behind Mr. Wilson, will join us next. What does he expect to do behind that offensive line and with his running backs group? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coming up at 4 Eastern, 150 years of college football, BYU's impact on the game. Tune in on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. Welcome back. Media Day, BYU Sports Station simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We're also streaming on Watch ESPN. The conversation always going on social media. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation, hashtag BYUSN, whenever and wherever you would like to converse with us. In fact, we want your questions for our guests in today's show. Send them in Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, hashtag BYUSN. Perhaps we have a few questions from you for our next guest, Lopini Katoa, as we continue with this offensive push Mm -hmm. in our interview segment. Lopini, one of the running backs. We just talked to your offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes. You, Emmanuel Supa, Tyson Williams, Tyler Algier, among others. How do you feel about this running backs group, and, and where do you fit into that? I feel like we look solid. Like it's it's great. We have a lot of depth, um, a lot of good experience now in the in the, in the running back room where we lack that. Um, you know, coming into uh, spring ball, but we look good, and I think that we can do a lot of things with how many how many good uh, athletes we have in the backfield. How do you feel about the two grad transfers adding to this group? Because in the off season we went in and we thought, okay, perhaps need a little bit more firepower, right? And in come uh, Tyson Williams and Emmanuel Isupa. Right, yeah, they're they're a great fit. Like they, I feel like they've been here for for a long time already because they're just a good fit, um, good dudes, easy to work with. Uh, they work hard, already pushing us to be to be a better group overall. So it's been great. What's the biggest difference between BYU football today compared to BYU football at Media Day last year? I feel like we have uh, just like a better feel of you know where we're at and where we can be at um, and what we can do. Um, I think we have a lot more confidence um, in each other um, as a group. Um, so I'm super excited. Um, I think that we're going to do a lot of good things this year. Are you going with the Kairos Toga look with your hair? <laughs> oh. A little curly, the flow, but you're not doing the blonde part? No, no blonde part. No, gotta... You feel like it's better? You like... I might have to cut it now that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it was meant as a, it was meant as a compliment. You see it? Okay. It was meant as a compliment. It looks sure. good. 
Do you think it looks bad on Kairos? Oh no, it looks it looks good. He pulls, <laughs> he pulls it off. He can pull that off. But the I don't blonde know about part. Me. Yeah. You're yeah. not doing the blonde no, part. No, not 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 for now. At least. Okay, okay, maybe later. Maybe we'll see. Um, I I really feel like you should have kept Zach instead of Lapini. Here's why. Um, now that Zach Wilson's a quarterback, a little Zach and Zach thing. That would have been nice, right? <laughs> yeah, everybody loved that little Zach attack. The Zach, yeah, the Zach attack. What have been <laughs> um, what, what inspired you to switch to Lopini and what is Lopini? Yeah, uh, well, nothing really inspired me other than like people kept asking me, and I was just like, yeah, you can, you can change it if you want it. Like, but like all the coaches called me, called me Lopini just because like. That's like Tongan, and most of the coaches are Polynesian, you know, like Kalani uh, and them. Uh, but Lopini is my middle name, and it, it's who, it's my uncle's name. It's who I'm named after. So. Very nice. Yeah. That's cool. So it has sentimental value, yeah. of course. Yeah. <laughs> I knew there was a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> Zachary Lopini Katoa with us on BYU Sports Nation. How's your health and condition overall right now? Because I know you had some ups and downs last yeah. year. Um, from what we can tell on social media, and we'll get into more of that in just a bit, you look great, but how are you feeling overall? I feel good. That was like a big, obviously a huge focus for me um, coming into the off season, getting healthy, um, getting rid of those little injuries that I had to deal with. So I feel 100% right now. I feel good. What were the injuries that you've been so, dealing with? Um, well, I did my knee, a meniscus. In the New Mexico State New game? New Mexico right? State game, yeah. And then just coming off of that, just like other little things with my leg, like the, just getting used to running on my knee again, you know. So other than the knee, is like it was basically nothing. Okay, in the New Mexico State game, that was your finest hour. 19 carries, 155 yards, four touchdowns. Did it happen on the last play that you – were you out after that play, or did you play through it in that game? I honestly have no idea when it happened. Still. Really? Like, it, like, I didn't notice that I couldn't run until next week's practice. And so I, I don't know if it was just adrenaline or I was just like – Coach, I want my stats to go up or something, but like I just didn't feel it in the game. You ran for eight yards of carry, four touchdowns on a torn meniscus at some yeah, point in that some game. Point. I don't know when. Wow. I'm going to do you a favor. You need to tell everybody you did it during the first play first of that play, game. Huh? <laughs> that sounds a lot better. And, and now that I think about it, you know, had you played in that Utah game up 20, that's a big, that would have been a big difference. How hard was that the next week where you're like, ah, oh, I'm out. I can't help. That was, that was rough uh, to sit there and watch. Like, I was like super excited, um, first half, and then just to see that slip away, it was tough. That I couldn't, you know, contribute at all. Are you 100 percent now? You feel good? Yeah. Okay. 100. percent We see a lot of these videos from uh, Jamal Willis, who played here, the former all-time leading rusher. He uh, is helping you with your speed, I guess. What, yeah. what is yeah. his role there? Uh, so yeah, he helps us with a lot of running back specific uh, speed work, and it's nice learning from him, knowing what he did, and you know, having the credentials, and and just he pushes us hard. So it's it's been super cool to learn from him. I'm pretty sure he was playing before you were born, um, right? Is that the case? Uh, I think 94? so. Yeah. yeah that's so, I was so. born. Has he pointed you to the Notre Dame highlights yet? Have you watched any of his play? <laughs> no, he hasn't mentioned anything that <laughs> he's, he's done. Dude, he was legit. Yeah, he was I've legit. Heard, you, heard. you should watch him. Or don't, because then, yeah, yeah. now he has more cred. <laughs> yeah, <you're> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lopini Katoa with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, let's talk about... This team and the approach in terms of is it a committee or is do you want to be the guy? Like, wh- what do you, wh- what's the ideal situation for the running backs? Is it to have one guy or more of what we saw last year? Um, I think that it's nice to have like a good, like, structure, you know? Um, and so I think everybody in the room right now is working to be the guy and we're pushing to, to compete. And, but knowing that we have other, people in the room that can that can you know shine as well it takes pressure off of you know whoever is that guy so that you know that we have a good rotation going and that we can 
put multiple backs on the field at once. So it's just super nice overall. We just showed a play against New Mexico State where you ran for a really long rush. Um, oh, it was the 50-yarder. Yeah, it was the 50-yarder. At the very end, you get flipped over, and then you get this huge chunk of grass. You look so defeated for a second. Were you tired? <laughs> Were you annoyed? What was going on? All of the above. I was just like, <laughs> I was sitting there. I didn't know that guy was so close to me, so like getting chased down is never a good feeling. And then having all that grass in my face, like, <laughs> I don't know, I was just like, Tired. Come and, on, man. Like, <laughs> Did you think you were gonna score? I was I saw the I saw the end zone. I was trying, obviously, but And then you've got uh, you're like I get oh yeah. man. Yeah. And then later you're like, Yeah, I probably had a torn meniscus on the play. Like we're showing again. Yeah. Probably. At the forty, the thirty, the fifty. Yeah, you're going and this guy's this guy's going for the ball, you hold on to it, boom, into the ground. And then and then keep oh. We missed the defeated you part. Pu- you Next popped right back up, yeah. All, all but, you, but, yeah, you got up, you moved on. Yeah. I'm blaming it on the knee for sure. <laughs> what kind of goals do you have for yourself this year? Uh, I just want to be able to, you know, not have to sit out any games. You know, I want to be healthy throughout the whole season um, and be reliable, really. That's, like, my main thing is I just want to um, – any situation that we have um, on the field, I want the coaches to have confidence that I can do it. So that's my, that's my goal is just to be reliable in any, any play. It's great to talk with you, Zach. Appreciate it. Or Lopini. And, and, uh, or both. First first time uh, in studio, so let's have you sound the flag. Yes, sir. Awesome. Great to have you in studio. Hey, we've talked to you a lot yeah, of practice and on the field, but it's good to get these guys in studio. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay, thanks, Zach. <laughs> Coming up, ESPN's Ivan Mazel discusses BYU's place in college football in its ninth year of independence. Been writing for ESPN since 2002. Been following the Cougars for a long time. Can't wait to hear what he has to say. And does Zach Wilson embrace the hype surrounding his sophomore season? To find out next, the sophomore signal caller making his way back. Stay with us. Just blew by the camera like he will against all the opponents this year. Reminder, if you have missed any of today's show, download the podcast. Go to BYOSN.com to watch full episodes. Welcome back to our two-hour special on BYU Football Media Day 2019 edition. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. We are broadcasting in Radio Vision on BYU TV, on BYU Radio, and we are streaming on Watch ESPN. Again, if you miss anything, download the podcast. Joining us now in Studio B is the sophomore quarterback, Zach Wilson. This is one of our favorite days because we get to talk to the guys, the who's who of BYU Everybody's football. Here. They yeah. just sh- shuttle them in here to us. Uh, it's one of our favorite That's what days. We want every day, but yes. they only let us do it one day. Yeah, he's QB one. He's number one in your hearts, and now he's number one on his jersey. Zach, welcome to Studio Up, B. Zach, I appreciate it. You guys always having me on. It's been a long time. Not. Uh, it's been like a month of the day <laughs> since Nashville, exactly. right? Yeah, which was a fun yeah. trip. It's quick. They said, uh, "Oh, you got to go with them again." I don't know. Okay, well, fine. Yeah, <laughs> being the starting quarterback, this is what you have to do. So last year we we weren't hanging out as much. Now we're hanging out. Yeah. Okay. So 2019. Anytime uh, you throw a football, now it's uh, it's news on the internet. So yeah. what's that like? Yeah, I'm gonna start throwing with my left hand, so people are like, "Geez, he looks terrible. Like this is not gonna be good." But uh, <laughs> no, but it, it's it's cool. I mean, a lot of people are just excited for the season. I know I am for sure, and it's it's exciting to get back into throwing and stuff. So now, for some reason, when you said throwing with your left hand, I don't doubt that you could do that. I saw Patrick Mahomes doing a Monday Night Football game for crying out loud. Quarterbacks are expected to do everything these days. Yeah, I mean, I told a couple of the receivers, I was like, "I'm just gonna throw this whole offseason with my left hand, just so I can get it good <laughs> enough." But but then this one started hurting because I have a torn labrum on this side too. So then it was just not good to 
not do anything with that one. <laughs> did, did you have surgery on that one as well? No, but I will eventually. I just don't know when. I mean, I don't throw with it, so it's kind of like I don't really need it. Gotcha. So yeah. you can just play through that. Does it hurt? Yeah, I mean, it, it's super weak. That was the biggest problem is, like, lifting-wise. It's hard. I can't – it's not near – like, my right arm's a lot stronger than my left one is already. Um, it, it just sucks as far as recovery goes. I can't, I can't push myself over body-wise just because of my left arm now. Mm. So when can you get to kind of full lifting extension, right? Yeah, I mean, for just, just because I'm a quarterback, the doctor doesn't want me doing any bench press, cleaning, snatching. I probably won't ever snatch again the rest of my life just because mm. that's just so much stress on the shoulders. But I've just been doing a ton of you know football, quarterback lifting stuff, tons of dumbbells, bands, all that kind of stuff. But like as far as the benching and cleaning goes, probably nothing until next year. So Nuu is not a fan of that news, probably, right? Probably not, no. <laughs> Sorry, Coach. I can't. Yeah. Doctor's really? orders. Not, like, Doctor's no, orders. serious, I can't. Yeah. Yep. Zach Wilson with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Jared mentioned the social media that has kind of taken over whenever you throw a football. We saw you throwing a ball around with your dad in the backyard. and uh, then He's we... got a great release. Oh, my gosh. Like I am really Seriously. impressed by uh, Big Mike's throwing motion here. That's funny. Who who taught? Did he teach you how to throw the ball? Are you gonna yeah, give him credit did. for that? He did, but he's got way too big of a head. I wouldn't tell him he can throw. <laughs> See, that one was low. <laughs> no, so I mean, my mom posted it. One of my brothers was like, "You threw a low ball," and he was like, "Why would you post that one?" He goes, "You couldn't have posted one of me throwing it better." And my yeah. mom's like, "No one's paying attention to you." <laughs> so. uh, we are. My wife's the same funny. way. She's like, I need to approve the media that yeah. you put out of me. I'm like, yeah. that's fair. That's, that's fair. funny. Yeah. Um, you said you're going to be 100% by fall camp in state yeah. of the program. So I guess what can you do now in PRPs, and what are you kind of limited in at the moment? Yeah, so I already started taking reps in PRPs and stuff. I'm just trying to, you know, get in there, get a flow for the offense, and, you know, get back there and, and get used to just taking the reps again and, and what it's like to command the offense. And, you know, even if I can't chuck it way down the field, I'm still throwing all the short stuff and um, getting my getting my footwork right, all that kind of stuff. And so I'm just trying to take take part and, and help uh, be a leader and, and, and push these guys along. What's your typical day like in the summer right now? Yeah, right now it's a lot just because – um, with the shoulder and everything, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing rehab stuff in the morning and then we got BYU workouts one to four and, you know, implementing more of strengthening kind of stuff and instead of the bands and mobility stuff in the morning. And then later in the day, a couple times a week, I'm doing, um, you know, weighted balls, tons of med ball throwing stuff, um, um, calculating like my speed, how fast I can throw, um, you know, just working on that repetition of throwing, um, doing tons of throwing stuff later in the day. And I think that's going to help me a lot since I've started doing that the last couple of weeks. Uh, my progression has been huge since I started doing that. How fast do you throw a football? Shoot, I threw it 39 miles per hour yesterday. I don't know if that's what, good. What's real? I don't know either. I don't know. I mean, for a baseball, that's awful. Right. That would be terrible. Well, a football's a little a football. bit bigger than a baseball, yeah. so, yeah, I, so I don't know. I'll have to look. At, yeah, okay, interesting. Um, what, how have you handled all of the uh, the pressure that comes with being the starting quarterback at BYU as a – are you 19? Mm-hmm. You'll be 20 in August, right? Yep. So you're a teenager and you're the front man of the program. How have you handled all this? Yeah, and I just have to I just have to look back and just be like, you know, I'm a kid just like everybody else. I mean, people make it a bigger deal than I think it is. I mean, I used to make it a bigger deal when I would see, you know, Tanner Mangum. I think I was a little kid when Tanner was playing. So, um it was it was a it was different coming here. I, th- I thought it would be different than what it is, but at the same time, I'm, I just look at it, you know, I'm just a kid like anybody else, and so um, I just have to approach it like that. I can't let my head get too big or, or think, you know, oh, I'm the man because I play in college football. I mean, it's not like I've proved anything or done anything yet. So, 19 years young, and yet you are 
in this situation where you got to go to rehab. And uh, I know I asked you about your daily schedule, but when you do get to rehab, what uh, what types of things are you doing, and, and how does that all work out? Yeah, I mean, tons of bands, um, strengthening stuff, um, starting to do things with weights. Um, a lot of the biggest thing is, is getting that mobility back. Um, the shoulder's just not used to moving. It's just been stuck in that one position for you know, four months or whatever it is. So I just have to, you know, loosen up the scar tissue, doing a lot of stabilizing stuff, um, whether it's, you know, the coaches tapping on the shoulder or me doing, you know, rolling the ball up on the wall or throwing on the rebounder, that kind of stuff. And so that's been a huge contributor, just all those small muscles, just getting those small muscles firing. Yeah, and we saw some of this yesterday uh, in an Instagram post. Uh, oh, yeah. it just, I mean, it's it seems very meticulous and very methodical. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's weird that, you know, just just – the first of june they told me i couldn't throw a ball at all and now i've come this far and what is today the 18th or whatever it is and so just in 18 days i've been able to progress a lot so i can't wait to see what the next month and a half is going to be like uh how comfortable did you end up feeling after starting seven games to prepare you for this season yeah i mean i told someone one time is obviously it's not this drastic but in high school when I got my first chance, almost worked out the same way. I ended up starting halfway through the season because I, I got a chance to play as my so- in my sophomore year. And, you know, at that time, it was just kind of like you're just running the plays called. You're not looking at the defense much. Like, you're just hopping straight into it. And then, you know, my senior year comes and, you know, you feel like you can do anything. I can make any throw. I, I'm I'm in control of the entire offense. And, you know, honestly, going into those last couple games, it had that same kind of feel to it. You know, I felt so comfortable back there. And, I felt like I had, you know, my reads down as long, along with the offense. And, um, of course, it's not that big. I don't feel like I've progressed that much. But I just feel like there's so much I can learn and in, in, that I'm trying to input into my game for this next for this next year. And so I'm so excited just to jump into fall camp, being full speed and, and just being able to, you know, take it one day at a time with the coaches and us talking and communicating and just being like, okay, you know, these are the kind of things you can do and, you know, you know, just deciding how much how much say I can have in things, and of course, I'm gonna I'm gonna bug them all the time. I'm sure just because you know I'm one of those kids that always wants to be able to do more, and and talk to them about every little thing. Do you know your completion streak right now? I don't. It's more than 18. What is it? It's 19. <laughs> I actually threw an incompletion in the backyard the other day. I don't know if that counts. I mean, my dad was playing catch. I kind of threw it at the ground, but in that video, yeah. Or a diff- the one they missed. I yeah, a couple yeah. throws before that on the warm-up. That's funny. So against Utah, you, you threw an incompletion, I think, on the second-to-last pass. Gotcha. So it's 19 right now. Yeah. Is that the streak that's, like, out of your – is that on your mind? Like, when you go into the Utah game, are you going to be like, oh, man, on an incompletion? <laughs> no, I mean, to be honest, I have not even thought about the streak in the slightest. I think it's more of just the game film. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really not a huge into stats person, but kind of just more of the flow of the game. I mean, somebody could have terrible stats, but they played a, a good solid game, just wasn't in their favor or whatever it is. So, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to look from the film perspective, you know, even completing 18 passes, there were still so many better throws I could have made. There was a lot of things I had missed. Um, I could have done so much better. How does opening the season against Utah change your approach in the off season? Yeah, I mean, this last year I wasn't, as heavy into film study, and I think that was just because I was new. I hadn't learned as much yet. Um, I don't know if it changes it because it is Utah, but you know, I'm, I'm taking my film study from January up until the first game just to make sure I'm ready. I'm going to use every second I have because I remember last year, you know, you're starting on Sunday and then you have a, and, until that Saturday to prepare for the game. So it's just like it's a great opportunity to be able to say you have an entire year to prepare for them now. And so, you know, I hope the guys on the team are taking advantage of it. I think a lot of them are because I know Utah probably is too. So a lot of us need to 
make sure we're ready for this game. You were sort of a coach of sorts in the spring as you sat out with your shoulder injury. So Jaron Hall got a chance to take more reps, which is probably in the end beneficial for the program in a great way. Give us an idea of what Jaron Hall is capable of. No, he's a great athlete. Jaron's a Jaron's a super a super good athlete and he's you know, he obviously showed that he can be a great quarterback here at BYU as well and, and I know he's got a um, a chip on his shoulder and I know going into fall camp we're going to push each other back and forth and you know of course we want the best for each other but you know football is a competitive game and both of us are going to compete for what we want and um, you know I think that's what we need because I'm going to make him better he's going to make me better and that's what we need no one can get complacent thinking the job is just theirs. How has your overall experience at BYU to this point maybe been different than what you expected it might be? Yeah the overall experience has been really good um, the school is really hard that's one thing I've noticed just school is super hard here but um, I would say the atmosphere is honestly really cool I love all the guys on the team um, I love the direction we're heading um, I know last year a lot of guys maybe didn't buy in as much as they should have but I know going into this year you can tell the team is coming closer and we have guys wanting to step up and lead this team and um, it's cool to see you know just in a year people people like really are starting to believe they're like oh my gosh like we can be a good team and so people are like you know, starting to prepare more and bring guys together with them and wanting to do extra. And so it's really cool to see. And it just makes me believe even more like how dominant we can be this year. We were told that uh, Patrick Mahomes has, has thrown a football as, as high as 62 miles an hour. So there's the standard. You're, you're on your way. On my way. Six, topped you're, out at 60, sorry. You're, so you're, so you're I'm halfway there. <laughs> a little more. <laughs> you're, you're on your way. Oh, uh, talking to Fessy Satake this morning, he talked about his relationship with you and how you went up to a Weber State camp, I think going into your freshman year or mm-hmm. something, and how he thought at first, like, oh, I, I wonder if this kid can make it, yeah. uh, and said, oh, the, his evolution's been amazing. So kind of a fun journey with Fessy, who's now the wide receiver coach. Here. Yeah, I remember when Coach Fess offered me at the end of a camp, and I just remember being you know, so, so excited and so shocked. And I, you know, from that day, I had so much respect for Coach Fessy. And that was a huge reason why I ended up coming here to BYU is because of him. And, you know, he's like a father figure to me. And I know he really does have my back and all that stuff. And so, you know, that was a crazy, he he gave me an amazing opportunity. I was, you know, 140 pounds shorter at the time. Didn't even have armpit hair yet. I mean, it was, it was a huge change. Starting to, (laughs) but yeah, it was a, it was a huge, crazy experience. And, you know, he believed in me from the beginning. So when he got the job over here, I was just like, you know, you just put things behind you as as much as you might've hated BYU growing up. Um, I would love to play for someone like Coach Fess. You are a student of the game. Let's finish with this. Uh, has there been a BYU quarterback that you've wanted to pattern yourself after as you watched from a distance, whether it be even though you were a way Utah back when yeah, or yeah. maybe a guy that's more recent? How, how would you answer that question? I think, I don't know. I, I, I never really watched a ton of them. I think John Beck was a really good one just because I know he was pretty athletic. He still had a lot of athleticism, but he, he was a great thrower. He had a lot of command of the offense. He had a lot of things going right. Um, I read the Steve Young book. I loved that book. That's mm-hmm. probably my favorite book. Um, and it was cool to see how his progression came all the way through college to not being very good and then to getting so much better and then, you know, leading these guys. And he was a great athlete as well. So um, I think between those two, it'd be a great, um, you know, people to mentor myself over. John will tell you that he threw a ball 61 miles an hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. that's what he'll tell you. Exactly. <laughs> I exactly. believe it, though, honestly, still. He's got a great arm still. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. Awesome. Well, sweet. Uh, thanks for coming in. Let's give yeah, you some BYU Sports Nation Thank karma. You. Good luck with the recovery. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you in fall camp, man. Yeah, thank you.
72 is away, days away from Utah. 72 days away. Can't, can't wait. Coming up, how big of a fingerprint does BYU have on 150 years of college football? The executive director of the College Football 150th. And what does BYU football need to do in the first four games of the season to make an impact nationally? We'll ask ESPN's Ivan Mazel next. Stay with us on BYU Football Media 2019. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tune in on the BYU TV app or BYUtv.org for more web chats hosted by Lauren McLean and Jason Shepard today from 2 to 4 Eastern time. We're not sure what's going to happen in those web chats. We never do. Um, but that know. kind of makes it a very special thing. Absolutely. That said, we are live in Studio B in hour number two of our BYU Sports Nation BYU Football Media Day special. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Do not miss anything. And if you had, you can download the podcast, go back to uh, BYUSN.com, listen to all of that. Joining us now in Studio B, senior writer for ESPN, college football insider and expert, Ivan Mazel. Ivan, welcome to Studio B. Thank you, Spencer. Delighted to be here. What's your overall reaction to this uh, BYU Football Media Day hullabaloo today? It, it's really remarkable, uh, the, the scope of everything y'all are doing. I, I'm delighted you're here. You want to talk about the 150th anniversary of college football, but just everything that uh, the, the team, the players, the coaches, that everybody's here, and, and it's remarkable to me that it's only 72 days. You know, that's, and I, I'm so glad y'all keep pumping that number yeah Yeah, we count down every day and we've been doing it for a long time so uh i wish it was two but 72 is 72 is not bad when you start at 248 or whatever we started yeah we man i'm stressed thinking about that yeah i'm glad it's you're right 72 is not bad byu is the only team in the country to start with four power five teams this year that's certainly going to be a challenge with utah at tennessee usc and washington um what is byu thanks tom yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) trust me i'm that guy going whoa what uh what, what does BYU need to do to make a splash in the first four? Ooh. That, uh, well, I'm thinking of it was a year where Florida State played five teams on the road in the, I think, late 70s, and they went three and two, and people and, – and we remember it. So, uh, obviously, the fact that, that the Utes are first and that it's – the great rivalry, and they are a Pac-12, at least South favorite. I think that game's really important. But uh, any of the, you know, splitting those games, I think, is good. If you can come out three and one, it's whoa, really good. Whoa, yeah. And four and zero, oh, you know, that you'd have to, you know, hold everybody back. So of those first four, which would you say is the toughest opponent for BYU, and then which is the most winnable game in your opinion on paper? I think the toughest game is the first one uh, because nobody sneaks up on anybody, and Utah is expected to be very good. You know, to me, I, I sort of think people have been telling Utah for seven months now how good they're going to be this year, so that to me is advantage BYU. And the fact that BYU ended as strongly as it did and has so much coming back, there's a lot to like about BYU, but to me that's the – the, the four games are, are – it's fun to talk about, but that's a really important one. Uh, in terms of winning, Tennessee's kind of like BYU, really got better over the course of last season, and that's a tough place to play. But listen, you know, this team went into Camp Randall last year and, and did just fine. So uh, 
USC, you get uh, USC plays Stanford the week before this, which is a big emotional game in that league. It, it, that's a help to BYU, I think. And UW is they're rebuilding a little bit, so it, it, you know I think there's possibilities every week. Uh, obviously, being at ESPN, you know the power of ESPN, and BYU's had this connection with ESPN and hopes to continue that with the contract. Uh, BYU's meant something in college football's history, as we'll explore coming up in the show this afternoon. But uh, hopefully, BYU can add more to that. But what has BYU meant to uh, college football and its history, especially the passing game? Oh wow! Yeah. When you think of passing game, who do you think of? Uh, you know, historically. You think of Lavelle Edwards. You think of the the run of quarterbacks, and there's uh, it, it, what's remarkable is passing is such an integral part of the game now, and we're really just talking the last fifty years. I mean, the the pass existed as a weapon, but but the old guard coaches didn't really trust it, and I think the greatest contribution BYU gave the game and Lavelle specifically was making it. A, I don't know if legitimate's the right word, but giving it credence and credibility, and and that I think is immeasurable. On, yes. on on hot summer days when we're bored, we'll just pull up you know '80s film and we'll just shed a little tear <laughs> of, of Jim McMahon and Steve Young, and it's just beautiful. Yeah. And That's Robbie that. Bosco and, and all the guys. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of truth to that. There's, there's too many guys to name. In fact, <laughs> on, on day 173. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, you need something to keep Mark you going. Wilson. Oh. <laughs> Ivan Mazel of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, we are fascinated by TV rights and the potential that there could be another major shakeup in college football. The closer we get to that 2023-2024 time when conference TV rights get renewed. And all Don't expand stuff. the playoff. Though. Yeah. What's that? Don't expand the okay. playoff. Yeah. And we'll, we'll follow up on that. Yeah. Um, in your very educated opinion in this sport, when is it most likely to have a conference shakeup, if at all? Oh, well, that's a good question. Uh, you know, it, the math is very easy because of the number of Power 5 teams. Everybody goes, well, we're going to go to four sixteen team conferences. Of course, yeah. Do the math. Well, the, the math is the only thing promoting that at, at this point. Uh, I think the Pac-12 is beginning to do its negotiations, and that's going to be very interesting. You know, they're talking about uh, selling a portion of their proceeds to an investment group, an investment bank, uh, and a portion of their revenue, you know, sort of a cash grab now. Hmm. But what would be the long-term consequences of that i have no idea you know i'm I'm a sports writer but it, it seems like we were going to look back on the last 10 years with some de- well the last seven or eight years with a degree of fondness for the calm that settled over the land uh in the next go around of negotiations you know that the acc is set up for a long time the SEC is set up, I think, for a long time. So I think if anything happens, it's going to be on this end of the country. And I don't, I'm not smart enough to know what that will be. We just hope BYU is involved. Yeah. That, that'd be nice. That would be nice. That'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. Let's uh, finish with this. And I told you I wanted to follow up on this. Why not expand the college football playoff beyond four? I think there's a beauty in having f- uh, five power, five conference champions and only four slots now uh that doesn't nobody that's not a power five team wants to hear that and the to me the only and best criteria or best reason 
to expand it is to guarantee the nine Power Five groups a spot. And I think that's that to me is that's the only thing I would say. Okay, you got a point. But the fact, what I love about it is that winning your conference championship is not a good enough criteria to get you in to the playoff. You got to be better than that. And I think that the tension that we feel beginning week one with who are the four going to be, all that goes out the window. And, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, if they're both in the top eight, then what are they playing for? Alabama, Auburn, same thing. Yeah. So that, that's what I worry about. Ivan, great to talk to you. Thanks for coming into Studio B. We look forward to uh, the 150-year special coming up. Thank you. Love to be here. Thanks. Appreciate it. Coming up, what's the biggest mark left by BYU in the first 150 years of college football? More details from that 150-year special. We'll ask Kevin Weiberg next. This is BYU Sports Nation. If you missed any of the show today, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. 2019 BYU Football Media Day, two-hour special about to wrap up. Shout out to all of today's guests. If you missed any of the show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. We welcome in Kevin Weiberg, who has now been charged with 150 years in college football and helping us all celebrate it uh, adequately. Kevin, this is a huge responsibility for you and uh, – our favorite sport to cover. Uh, right. What, uh, what do we have to look forward to today? Well, I, thank you. Yeah, it's great to be with you guys. And uh, this is a big, a big assignment to try to get your arms around 150 years of a college football and really not possible to do without a lot of great partnerships. So what we've really tried to focus on is getting media companies and getting uh, the schools themselves and the conferences and the bowl organizations and everybody to contribute. And that's really where I've put my focus. So um, I think, fingers crossed, we're, uh, we're making progress and we're going to have a fun launch to the season. Looking forward to that exploration with a BYU angle coming up at 4 Eastern, 2 yeah. Mountain. But what can we expect throughout the college football season in terms of this celebration? Yeah, so we've tried to build some common approaches to um, how we would like to see the anniversary celebrated. You know, we want everyone to tell their historical stories, but we would love to see a context put around this of the good in the game because we think there are a lot of positive attributes of the sport. So we've really tried to put a focus on the educational opportunity the sport has historically provided. In many cases, a lot of first-generation college students gained an opportunity as a result of college football. Um, there, If you talk to people that have played, and I'm sure this will come up in this afternoon in the show, um, there's just so many leadership traits that young people gain from participation as well. A lot of former players talk about that, how it benefited them in life after football. So we're putting some focus there. And then, of course, the community building aspects of the sport, which there's a lot of great things about college sports generally. But when you really think about the overall impact, I think college football in terms of its ability to bring the community back to the campus, but also to extend uh, that reach outward um, has really been unique among college sports. Now you have a unique position viewing BYU because you've been in a number of notable positions in the Big Ten. You've worked with Larry Scott in the Pac-12, Big 12. I mean, you, you've seen BYU from several different areas. Uh, quickly, what kind of impact does BYU have on this 150 years of well, college football? Well, uh, you know, I think it's, it's a great impact. Um, there's great stories from the tremendous run of success that existed in the 70s and into the 80s. And, uh, you know, it's always been a, a program that I think has a national impact and really to some extent an international audience. And so uh, its ability to um, provide a, a additional reach for college football, I think, is really tremendous. 
It's always good when you own a day of the week, right? <laughs> right. Saturdays. College football right. owns Saturdays. And so I'm looking forward to, to uh, this, this season. And I can't believe it's been 150. I mean, the game's been around longer than you think as well. Well, that is the surprise. You know, if you think about the uh, sports roots starting only four years sort of after the end of the Civil War, it's pretty remarkable. It always has had the campus connection attached to it. So the fact that a group of students from Princeton and Rutgers kind of got together and those, the rules of the game obviously were tremendously different than they are today. <laughs> but the idea that it grew from those roots, I think, and is really sustained in that way over the years sets it apart in many respects among American sports. And, um, you know, really the attachment to people and place, right? I mean, the, the tremendous legends that you have at BYU, but the, the fact that this was your school and that, that exists across the country in many respects. And it's that connection, I think, that really has allowed college sports to continue to thrive. And then, of course, the great growth of media coverage over the years. Kevin, great to wrap things up with you. Look forward to the program coming up. Thank you very much. Thanks, Kevin. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag BYUS. And shout out to all of our guests today, and specific Jim McMahon for Jeremiah Spencer.